So welcome to Old Town New World. We're here at Millstone Pizza in Old Town Rock Hill, South Carolina. I'm Jason Broadwater. I'm Chris Gervais. And we're here to talk about the ever-changing world of Small Town USA. Yeah, okay. Okay, so we've got a guest with us today we're really excited about. We've got Brian Patrick. Welcome, Brian. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yay. All right. <laughs> so um, Chris and Micah know Brian because they um, their movie won Best Story at the film festival that Brian put on in Winchester, Virginia. And um, I was excited to learn that Brian's from Rockingham, North Carolina, which has a similar kind of manufacturing past as Rock Hill, South Carolina. So, so I was excited to learn that. So, Brian, we're glad that you're here. And... Um, what we'd like you to do, if you don't mind, is uh, talk to us about, first of all, the film festival that you put on in Winchester. We learned more about that. You know, we moved to Winchester, my wife and I, about uh, 13 years ago in 2000. And um, there's this great bookstore in Old Town, and we just kind of lived there and worked our jobs and stuff. Well, a few years ago, two years ago, the bookstore came up for sale, and the last thing we wanted was for the bookstore to close down. And uh, my wife ran several businesses downtown, and you know, this was a chance to run a small business for herself and, you know, be an independent business owner and small business owner. So we jumped on it, bought it, and took off running. Um, we had this great collection that came with the store, uh, DVDs. It was Criterion and Oscilloscope, and uh, it's a really well-curated collection by the previous owner. So that introduced me to indie films. And outside of the collection that I now own, uh, I wasn't that familiar with indie films. You know, I think in the late 90s we got IFC as a premium channel, yeah. and I was like, yes, culture! Yeah. I'm smooth. Right. But, uh, <laughs> not, was, quite, that, not quite like wrestling, yeah. old school North Carolina wrestling. That is culture at its yeah, finest. Culture, right. so. Pretty much wasn't it just like dazed and confused on a loop? <laughs> uh, um, Jesus Which Christ Superstar, I think, yeah, was yeah. on there a, a lot. <laughs> but um, So anyway, I started trying to find places to go have a cinematic experience with independent film. And it was really hard unless you went all the way into D.C. Yeah. Um, so we got an Alamo Draft House about four years ago. And outside of their franchise responsibilities, they show independent films um, occasionally. And that's more often now. But So I went and talked to Steve Naranjas out there. And I said, hey, I want to do this film festival. Will you help me out? And he's like, yes. Um, and it was great. So we put it on as independent films. They're not uh, previously distributed. They're not from big studios. And um, there's nothing else like it for a couple hundred miles. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, before we forget to say this on the podcast, um, will you uh, remind us of the name of the film festival and tell people if they're interested in submitting or something like that, how they could possibly do it? Absolutely. We're Skyline Independent Film Festival. And uh, you can find us online at www.skylineindiefilmfest.org. Um, Call for entries will start March 1st of 2014 and go through July 31st, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, there's a small submission fee. I think it's $35. And founders, please. I think I'm going to go south. Thank you. And uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Right. Yeah, the Alamo Draft House, it's interesting because we've talked about it on the podcast before. And... There's like, I don't know how many there are in the country. They started out in Austin, and, they, and then they franchise. And it's basically just, if you don't know, it's basically just the best possible movie theater experience. I mean, it's just like, it's just a place made by people who truly love movies and want 
to recreate the energy around them to where going to the movies really is about maximum level of entertainment and fun. Um, but they only have a handful of franchises around the country. Well, what do you think it is about Winchester that earned you guys an Alamo Draft House? Um, I'd say, you know, probably uh, Steve Narangis's, um desire, you know, community roots, uh, just bringing films. That's something that he loves. You know, he's, yeah. he's managed bands and things like that before. Um, it was just in his wheelhouse, I think. You know, he had the, uh, the means to get it done. And it's family run. His sister handles logistics, I think, and things like that. So, um, proximity. You know, we've got enough people. Uh, Winchester is sort of a uh, a draw for the surrounding area. You know, uh, particularly west of Winchester, because you know, folks west of Winchester come to Winchester. Folks in Winchester go to Northern Virginia. Folks in Northern Virginia go to DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. and and there's some you know back and forth with that, but. There's enough people and, and enough interest, and it's it's working out for them. Yeah, that's awesome because that was when we first got there. The me and Micah got there for the film festival, and our our hotel was next to the draft house. <coughs> and when we first got there, we were just sort of mystified because we hadn't seen anything else in the town. We literally got off the interstate directly into the hotel. It's right and, there. Yeah, we like, <laughs> we have a hotel and an Alamo draft house, and we we're like, what is going on? Why is this here? This is the coolest possible place ever. What is it doing here? Then we went downtown, and we were instantly like, oh, I get it. Like, this is exactly the kind of culture that they would want to associate themselves with. It's such a positive place. It's such a cool, fun, you know, crowd and energy there. And it was like, it instantly made sense. You know, it, it's a small town, but it's got this great vibe. Well, you know, I can't tell you every other sentence that you said just a minute ago is almost the theme, all the themes of this podcast yeah. in, in practice. I mean, you know, going downtown and deciding to buy a bookstore, you know what I mean, and um, keeping that alive and then discovering uh, indie film and then deciding to create a event around it. You know, first of all, it's the champions of entrepreneurialism, whether entrepreneurialism is driven by, you know, making money or whether it's driven by just making um, activity. You know, it's that idea that I'm going to just do it myself. You know, we talk about this, we call it the punk rock economy, you know, where... Yeah, <laughs> where, you know, it's just like, we can do it here. And, you know, um, I, as I speak with communities, I just got back today from Salisbury, Maryland. I was talking to them, and my whole argument to them is that because of, of the Internet, it allows economies to grow up in small towns because you can participate in a regional or national or global economy. And so you have people that do all kinds of different work. But what people want is... A local village, you know, and that energy is what you guys seem to be at the heart of, you know. Yeah, I, I, th I think village is the right word. I mean, um, we're we're all very much like a family down there. Um, we have to be careful not to sort of cannibalize ourselves and use use each other to bring events down. Right. Um, that's not the idea. The uh, the community sort of outreach and providing a a service and some fun and some entertainment, some education, some culture. Um, people want it, you know, and they'll they'll drive to get it. Well, if you don't have to drive to get it, all the better. Yeah. So. Do y'all have residential downtown? Um, pretty much everything on our walking mall, not on ground floor, is is apartments. Oh great. Yeah. Are they pretty well occupied? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah, man. People. I mean, it's just that is the deal. And, and most of them are probably rentals, too. Yes, most yeah. of them are rentals, yeah. Yeah, that is the deal. Yeah, instantly, Winchester, I mean, that we were there on a Saturday, and, I mean, yeah, that place is popping. The place yeah. is, like, blowing up, you know? I mean, it's, yeah. it's just, like, everywhere there's energy, 
there was it was it was crowded but it was like the right kind of crowded like, yeah. it was just energetic you know it wasn't a it wasn't obnoxiously crowded or anything it was yeah. just super energetic and yeah, there's an bubbles. authentic quality to that that you just can't manufacture with big box kind of um you know things that with just big box mentality right you know it's all about the people in that place creating what is of them you know we talk all the time about mike gentry i think we had him on what was last week or two weeks ago i don't remember but um here in rock hill he created a um right in the courtroom across the street here he's he puts shows on it started with punk shows now it's kind of expanding a little bit but He's in an old courtroom. He serves alcohol out of the witness stand. Yeah. Like, punch us. It's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. But it was just one guy being like going to the city and being like, can I use this? Yeah. And they said yes. And it's been this huge, huge thing. Yeah. A lot of bigger touring bands have come through. That's great. Well, yeah. I, I think what I found is that you can have a good idea and share that good idea, but someone's got to pull the trigger. Yeah. Um, and more often than not it needs to be you I mean yeah. You've, yeah. You've, if it's your idea it's something that, that's close to your heart and you're passionate about uh, it should be you and if, if you don't have the means go figure out figure out how to fund it you right. know, yeah. get, find some investors find some interest, interested parties find a space like an old courtroom that you can use for maybe next to nothing I don't know and, and just sort of make it happen yeah. and it doesn't have to be a home run right off the bat you know um, tomorrow night every second Friday we do a family game night at the bookstore and I was not sold on it when Christine's like we're going to do this and, and, but she said we're going to do it so we're going to do it Christine, <laughs> Christine is my wife yes. and um, we went about six or seven months where it was just my family of four playing board games right. and then a few people started coming a few and sometimes we have 50 people there no now wow. and we don't sell a single book some nights but we sell 25 sodas and waters and yeah. and 200 dollars worth of gift cards and people yeah. just have a blast and it's you know but so you got to wait for it to happen you have to yeah. nurture it and and yeah. cultivate it and she's she's got the patience of joe whereas you know two weeks out i was like well that didn't work <laughs> <laughs> well the thing is if you're doing something that you're all that you're passionate about it's come from a place of authenticity the reward is in doing it anyway, and so it's almost like you don't need it's like you don't need patience the way that a, um, a CFO would need patience. Like you know, it's like well, it's not ma making the bottom line. You know, it's like how long can we tolerate this from an upside down capitalist standpoint? It's like well, I'm having fun. What else would we be doing on a Friday right. night? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I'm doing it. You know, and then if you tie it to being able to, you know. Uh, kind of grow in a, in a capitalist way then you can continue to fund it create sustainability growth all these patterns and stuff yeah that's true I think I mean pretty much all the best stuff in human history uh, you know is a story that begins with it was really horrible at first you know it, it was a total <laughs> failure and no one everyone laughed at me yeah. that's pretty much the story of every great thing that's ever happened you know yeah absolutely there's a great conversation on NPR a few weeks ago and uh, Peter Sagal's guest um, said do you ever she said, in preparing for the week's show, do you ever feel like it's not going to work? Or, or when did you stop feeling like it wasn't going to work? You know, those initial sort of growing pains or whatever. And he says, every week. It still happens every week. Yeah. We're going to be terrible. It's going to be a failure. Yeah. And it's not. And, you know, I had a lot of anxiety going into this film festival. And I thought if I sold one ticket, that was like counted as a win, you yeah. know. So it's, yeah. it is stressful, um, but it's worth it. It's very satisfying, and, and people appreciate it. So... We need folks to do those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, you know, everybody, everybody can't be like yourself. They're just not going to be. People aren't, you know, there's a certain 
percentage of the population of people who are going to say, you know what, I'm going to risk everything, lead this drive, do everything. There's a certain amount of population that say, hey, I'm, I'm doing my projects that I'm passionate in, but hey, I'll partner with you. You know, you got a good thing going on, so I'll partner with you too, and I can do my stuff on the side. So there's a certain amount of those folks. And then a certain amount of folks that, you know, they're going to, they're going to, you know, work their jobs, good jobs, whatever, and they're going to, but, but those folks, it, it's hard to measure how much those folks benefit from what you, folks like you bring to the table. I mean, for example, somebody who just works at, you know, I mean, works at an insurance company or whatever, but they're 28 years old and they, and they're got a good job and, you know, nice little place, whatever. They want to go downtown yeah. and be part of something interesting. So it's the what I call the champions of kind of cultural, you know, movement that are the critical factors for growing an economy of an entire city because all the other people want to come and participate in the energy that's created by folks like yourself. I mean, does that make sense to you? Or uh, it does. It does. I mean, um, a lot of our friends um, have you know what you'd call a nine to five job, or they work at the university, or you know those kinds of things, and. And they, you know, to get a break, come take a walk. Yeah. And they pop in and they get a coffee and they flip through the records and buy a book, buy a card, have a drink, you know, or, you know, walk down the mall, just get some fresh air. So, and we have folks busking constantly, you know, there's guitar players and banjo players and, you know, there's always something to see and you're always going to see, run into someone you know and, and, you know, and that's fun. And when you see people you don't know or bands you don't know or something happening that you're not familiar with, instant enrichment you know yeah. so it's great yeah it's there's nothing like when you have you know because it's just like people tend to i don't know people sort of like socially are very much like dominoes in that whatever sort of main motivation exists just spreads out you know and it's just like there's nothing like being in a, in a, in a community that has that positive energy around it and yeah, you sort of get the sense that there's no one around you that you couldn't go up to and start talking to about whatever thing, but it's such a it's such a good thing to have. Anybody in this group need a dance floor? Actually, this guy right here, like, I totally sign do. Sign me up, sign me up. Sign me up. Coupons. Coupons for ass whooping. That's you great. know, there's a backstory on that, if I can interject real quick. Um, so this is Rick. He's um, the one of the economic development um uh, staff of the city of Rock Hill. He brings in, <laughs> he brings in the big, the big businesses. So he the, yeah. he kind of does the white whale stuff, you know, where they're filling the business parks and a lot of jobs and all this. Threatening their well-being. <laughs> <laughs> and so he and I were laughing when we were at a concert at Old Town in the amphitheater, which I don't know if you've ever been to one of those concerts. They are no. they are amazing from just an experiential Black? standpoint. No, it wasn't. It was oh, okay. some other. Rick oh, it was Charlie Daniels. Charlie Daniels. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. It was oh, cool. So no wonder this is. Oh, wow. No yeah, way, really? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Sorry, um, can throw that out. No, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A little Merle plug, that's fine. Um, so he, we're, we're laughing one night at this concert and uh, we were both having a lot of fun so to speak and um he said you know we need a we need some type of you know because we do internet marketing obviously. he said we need some type of website that's going to convince these companies that they just have to come here and i was like you know we should have it be called i'll whoop your ass <laughs> <laughs> and so everything on it is like if you don't want to come here i'll whoop your ass <laughs> if hilarious. you don't like our workforce i'll whoop your ass <laughs> 
That's a great he idea. It was right. great, yeah. But but like, like I'm being silly, but actually think about actually doing that. It'd oh, be blow hilarious. It'd be huge. People yeah. would be sharing it all over the Especially nation. Especially with him. We need yeah. to make that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he kind of sounds like he means it. I know. Yeah. It does, yeah. <laughs> so let's let's switch gears here a little bit and talk about your hometown. Okay. You made a reference that um, there were some similarities um, in your hometown to uh, Rock Hill, as far as um. You know, we lost the textiles in the 80s, and they, they employed 25% of the population of the entire city. And so it's been the interesting path since. And so I know, uh, tell us about Rockingham. Um, Rockingham, textiles since before the Civil War. Um, paper mills, cotton mills, cotton gins, um, that kind of thing. Uh, in the 80s when all of you know, textiles moved overseas into Mexico and things like that. The town dried up, and it, it happened in a matter of months. It seemed like um, the few that mills that remained um, in the in the early '80s, uh, there was a, an effort to unionize, and uh, the union organizer was basically beaten and ran out of town. Southerners don't like unions. Yeah. Norma Ray, right? <laughs> so. But so anyway, the mills went away. I think there were something like 30 mills in Rockingham, Richmond County, uh, running 24 hours a day, three wow. shifts, wow. three shifts a day, seven days a week. And everybody, if you if you didn't work at the hospital, or if you weren't a teacher, you worked in a mill basically. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would say it was far more than 25 percent of the labor force worked wow. in a mill. Um, the blue collar economy, man, straight absolutely. up. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the jobs went away and. Everybody rushed back to school, but how many medical transcriptionists do you need? You know, how many phlebotomists can you have? Now wait a minute. You know. Wow, what is a phlebotomist? Is this? They take this, blood. Is this okay? Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Not just they don't. They treat phlebitis. <laughs> it's running rampant these days. Everybody's got. Blood. I, thought, I thought they tell you. No, I thought that was a person that tells your fortune by feeling the bumps in your head. Yes, we got a few of those too. A few of those. Uh-huh. Lady, Sister Odessa, she's there. The, shape, but, the um, shape of the skull, like <laughs> Mr. Burns, you know? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like the whole racist philosophy of the shape of the skull. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, anyway. News to me. <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia, hang on. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, people found other things to do. You know, my family, um, my dad and his two brothers started um, um, expanding on their firewood business, you know, to year-round instead of just in the winter. And then they started taking down trees and became arborists and you know, build a relatively large company out of that. Well, cut down all the trees in town, and then what do you do, right. you know? Yeah. So they got to move on again and figure something else out. So, but, you know, the, the mills, so the work went away and the infrastructure was there, the railroad tracks were there, the structures were there. Um, so if someone were to come in and could afford to do it, buy the machines and fire up a mill, they could. Well, that never happened, and now the mills themselves have been demolished and salvaged, and the bricks and the beams and the, you know, the the metal's been probably worth more than it's yeah. gone. So right. now the infrastructure's not there, wow. so we can't come back now without building new. Yeah, and you can't build new cheap space. I was talking about this yeah. up in Maryland. Yeah. You know, if you have these old buildings, you can uh, bohemian-style entrepreneurs can move into an old space and make it cool, even though it's crappy. You know, <laughs> and because you can get cheap rent on stuff. But if you're going to build new, skinning up a building and going vertical, it doesn't matter how many stories you go, you just can't create cheap space. Yeah, yeah look, look at look at Charlotte. How I mean, over the past 15 years or more, it's been about this place that was this you know 
lower income kind of ghetto kind of place that something cool moved in and then it just balloons out from there and it's then it's the hip new place to be right, yeah. and then they're selling property for ungodly amounts right. you know and like yeah that's that key to, it is you know? And, you know you look at Asheville actually uh, North Lexington was kind of under the bridge is where the prostitutes hung out and the uh, heroin addicts and the methadone clinic and all where that. was this <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I'm GPSing this right now. Where, where, where should I go now? Turn left on what? Road trip. <laughs> so, um, so people would walk as far north on Lexington as they felt comfortable before things got beyond their shady, uh, you know, whatever. Comfort zone. Their comfort zone, yeah. But there was a whole bohemian culture that revitalized that area because it was the opportunity to give it a go, yeah. try your dream business, and if you failed like crazy, you're out. Ten thousand dollars, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you didn't bankrupt the entire family for right, you, know, right, right, or, you know, or yeah. your fa- your future, whatever. So, or the, ostrich meat, or ostrich meat, yeah, <laughs> pork of the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, in other words, instead of having to go through traditional lending channels and then being so far upside down that you're, it's just unimaginable that you can pay it back and then filing bankruptcy, you can just give it a go as a young entrepreneur, bohemian style entrepreneur. Well, they created so much energy in that place that now all these brands came in and took over those buildings to capitalize on that energy and they revitalized that area well they kind of gentrified those bohemian folks out of there but but what did they do next they moved down by the river where there's all these warehouses yeah. and now they're revitalizing that district yeah, so it's like it they works. are the engine that yeah. that revitalizes because yeah. of cheap space right but what's what's the key the key to that is like what comes up on here over and over it's about perspective and it's about deciding there is an opportunity here. Yeah. Not being ashamed or scared or worried, saying, what a great looking place to me. Yeah. I want to show everyone else why this is a great looking place and what this can do. Absolutely. And it's, it just, it's bohemian or it's punk rock, it's hippie, it's whatever. It's about perspective and it's about yeah. finding it the positives and deciding I'm gonna do something great here. It's about local and, it's, and, and a lot of times it's about cheap space. I mean, you know, in the way that it's capitalist, it's cheap space. In the way that it's social consciousness, it's localism and punk rock. Yeah. You know, and those two things are converging in the millennial generation like never before. Right. You know? So, so Rockingham tore down all this kind of opportunity space, and so what's going on there now? Well, uh, I spent yesterday walking around Old Town and taking pictures of the bones of the buildings, uh, empty buildings, you know, buildings that are occupied right now, and. Uh, Every, every time I pass someone, they said, what are you doing? So I'm taking pictures of the buildings. I said, why in the hell would you do that? <laughs> I was like, this town's got great bones. And they're like, you're not from around here, are you? I said, well, actually, I am, you know. <laughs> uh, and one, one uh, gentleman came out, uh, Steve Morris, and he's been a jeweler there in, in the sort of cul-de-sac that is Old Town. It goes around the square and does a loop and comes back for 40 years. And, and he was talking to me, and turns out he's the mayor. <laughs> and uh, he talked to me for about 20 minutes, and he's two mayors in 24 hours, yeah, exchanging business cards. So, but he was thoroughly interested in what we were going to come here and talk about. Cool. Um, he said that they've hired a marketing firm to, you know, revitalize and you know give a um, um, proposal for revitalization and tourism and things like that. And it's a company out in South Carolina, and South Carolina's a great place. But I was like, is there no one in Richmond County that can do that? Why hire that out? Um, and so we talked about those kind of things. But, I mean, people are just hustling. I mean, it's been a depressed economy for so long, and people are just hustling. Yeah. There's rampant drug abuse. Um, 
it's it's just uh, it's it's kind of a tough space, and I haven't gone to talk to people who are interested in what we're talking about in over a decade in Rockingham. Um, but yesterday, as I did it, you know, the interest is there and the will is there, uh, and I I think you know to quote Field of Dreams, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. But uh, you know, talking with him, with the mayor of Rockingham, he's like. Discovery Place just built a $13 million Discovery Kids Place in Rockingham. It's great. They've already exceeded all their goals and all these things, you know, in six months that they projected for a year. They're going to buy the building across the street, tear it down, and rebuild. Well, what are they going to rebuild, and what's it going to look like, and why why do that? I don't understand that. So there's some stuff going on. But as far as the local... things have to be torn down, but I, I always say, if you're tearing something down, that's the biggest red flag of all. You gotta make sure you know what you're doing when you're tearing something down. Yeah. I mean, and I just I worry about what they're gonna throw up because you were talking earlier about cheap space and you know cheap space is now throwing up a metal building. It's got no character. Yeah. It's got no. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad you said that because when I say you can't build cheap space, you can build cheap space, but you can't build. But you don't want to look at it. Yes, you can't build cheap space that is cool and authentic and quality of life and integrated into the history of the community and all the positive things that make for positive redevelopment. The only way you have that is you have these old buildings that haven't quite been turned into Class A office space yet, and you let people rent it, and they deal with the kind of weirdness and intricacies mm -hmm. of it, and then they can do cool stuff on it. So, so I agree. You can build cheap space. You can build a tin garage, you know, right. but that's the last thing you need, you know. But that's some of what's going up in, in old towns, you know. And the thing, I, what I worry about too, is that if you wait too long. Then, then it's it's too much to bring it back up to code and make it usable, yeah. and things like that. So that's why, you know, the building's not ready to fall down, but it's a tear down because it's cheaper to put up something new. Yeah. Anytime you're tearing something down, man, you got to raise a red flag. You know. So, so why did you move to Winchester? Um, I there was nothing to do in Rockingham when I graduated high school, and I joined the Marine Corps, and I ended up in Arizona after a, a stint overseas. Arizona, South Carolina? Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> Sorry. I was at Paris Island for a little while. So. Uh, okay. but, um, Paris, South Carolina? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I met my wife out there. She was wrapping up her uh, master's degree at Arizona State. And uh, I had got out of the Marine Corps and moved to Phoenix. We met and she wrapped up her degree and uh, was moving back to uh, Northern Virginia. And it was close enough for me to be home, but still far enough away. That you know, if folks want to come visit, they have to call you first. <laughs> it's got to be a plan, no surprise yeah. visits. And uh, I just, I kind of fell in love with it. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. We're up in the mountains. You know, uh, the drive that you guys made up on 81, uh, Chris and Micah. Oh, yeah. My yeah, drive amazing. down on Tuesday, leaves were in peak. Oh, and the wow. sun was shining. It was gorgeous. So I mean, there's, it's it's really just a beautiful place. Um, we've got a great community there. You know, we've made some really good friends. You know, now now we are rooted in the community with our bookstore and things like that and so it's just a it's just a good place to be well i, I want to say that we really appreciate having you here with us tonight and um you know learning about your community um learning about rockingham you know and the juxtaposition of rockingham to winchester is really what what it's all about that's what we talk about that's what we you know that's where we put our energy it's you know the idea of uh, you know, investing in your community um, and creating walkable experiences um, that are built around just people's passions, whether it's a 
courtroom full of punk rock and beer out of the witness stand or whether it's a movie festival out of a bookstore. I mean, you know, it's, it's, those are the types of things that make the, the cities that we live in places that we want to be. You, know? you don't have to move to New York or L.A. to find interesting things. You know, we, we do it in our cities. And so, um, you know, we, we commend you for what you're doing, and, and we appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.